0: I'm Sandra Ezekwasede. You're still listening to 99.3 Nigeria Info. Now, um, our big, big issue today is the military playing its part in today's democracy. That's what we're talking about on today's Big hard Fact. The history of our democracy is, in a way, also the history of the military. After all, the reason we celebrate the return to democracy is because the military took it away. Abby? And it brings me to today's Big hard Fact. By Independence Day this year, Nigeria would have had 30 years and 10 months of democratic rule. 28 years and 11 months of military rule and three months of civilian interim rule. That's our big art fact. So Nigeria's 60 years of independence is almost equally split between democracy and dictatorship. Now, some experts will tell you that that's the reason why our democracy has not fully taken root. We've spent half our time under military rule, those habits and those ideas and those points of view—they're very difficult to change. Maybe we're going to need another ten or twenty years of democracy to finally get the ghosts of uh, Dodd and barracks behind us. <laughs> but anyway, the military is out of government; their only job is now security. in the studio who are asking me things and that's why I had to take that quick break sorry about that but yes you know military and uh, military rule and military dictatorship it's been part of our history for a long long time like I said by Independence Day this year Nigeria would have had 30 years and 10 months of democratic rule 28 years and 11 months of military rule and three months of civilian rule but yes The military is out of government. Their only job is now security. But we've seen in recent years that security is getting worse. So our newsroom put together a special report about the security in the Fourth Republic. And I cannot wait for you to hear it and tell me what you think.
1: Security is an essential part of nation-building and development. Therefore, the importance of security as a driving engine for socio-economic and political development cannot be overemphasized. Prior to 1999, the security architecture of Nigeria was handled by the military. But on May 29, 1999, Chief Olusegun Obasanjo was inaugurated as President of Nigeria, ending almost two decades of military rule. According to some Nigerians, there have been more violent conflicts in recent years since the return to democracy than under military authoritarian rule. From 1999 till date, the militancy in the Niger Delta Northeast, Middle Belt, Southeast, Southwest assumed a more violent and destabilizing dimension affecting the peace, development and security of the nation. Under the civilian where you have democracy and there's so much indiscipline, there's so much corruption.
2: During the military regime, there were no... Too much ethnicity, nepotism and all this. Our country is no more safe. People just make utterances that threaten the citizens. There's too so much corruption
3: and there's too so
4: much uh, freedom of speech. People speak saying how they like.
2: There there has been insecurity in Nigeria, our poorest border and the uh, unemployment. 40% of people you see robbing in Nigeria, they don't have uh, data, there's no data on them. They want to destroy farmlands, they want to attack people, rape our women. These things we are not rampant during the military regime.
1: Apart from the areas facing Boko Haram insurgency, rights of citizens have improved significantly since the return of civilian rule. Arbitrary arrests and torture are not as frequent as under military rule. This is because there's a constitution that safeguards the rights of all citizens. However, the Flag Officer Commanding Western Naval Command Rear Admiral Oladele Daji says, the dynamics and nuances of democratic rule imposes certain obligations on the state and the citizenry in general.
5: Part of it that um, we have seen in the last one years or so is that the freedom of speech, and this comes with its own challenges, particularly uh, with the explosion of um, social media spaces.
1: Meanwhile, security consultant Richard Amua acknowledges that the challenges of the security apparatus are enormous and must be kept at the front burner. Nigeria has a police force of less than 400,000, which is unequally matched to its population of over 200 million people.
6: Providing for security is not a skyrocket event, it's something that a man who loves her people, who loves the nation, can easily do. The money voted for security use it appropriately. The people that are providing for security pay them at the right time. The people that are know that, uh, that they have issues, you know, take them to court. Let
1: the criminal justice take its course. Mr. Amua says few years ago, kidnapping, armed robbery, cyber crime, ritual killings weren't as bad as it is today. He says if government provide armed carriers, guns and ammunition without employment, terrorism will not be curbed. Government have been fighting terrorism for the past 11 years. The National administration
6: voted over billions, billions of dollars to fight uh, Boko Haram. This present government has already voted the same thing as President Gwari, who was an ex-military person. We find a way around it. rather, what, what, what do we see? You see, the truth is that because of selfish reasons, and because we have people in government whose pocket is their god, has made insecurity a factor.
1: But. Even providing the guns and ammunitions may be a problem. While speaking on the challenges associated with funding and logistics in the command, Rear Admiral Daji says experience has shown that a normal budgetary allocation is inadequate to sufficiently carry out all the Navy requires to optimally carry out her roles, especially with the critical contributions of the maritime sector to the economic well-being of the nation.
5: Uh, These demands that alternative sources are explored to bridge the funding gap that would make the navy better equipped for credible deterrence, for protection of the ceilings of communication, and the defence of the territorial integrity of Nigeria from sea, the need for special arrangements outside of the budgetary allocations, you know, has been pushed to uh, the relevant agencies of government. And I believe that we've
1: been looked into it. Meanwhile, a criminal justice administrator, Rotimi Aramolongo, says 21 years since Nigeria started democratic rule, the only positive aspect is that Nigerians are out of the military era. He says it is disheartening with the way politicians have been handling security issues from 1999
7: till date. I don't think we are uh, liberated when it comes to crimes. I don't, don't think the whole system is okay. This torture will need a total restructure, whereby the police, the military, because if you can look at the, the rate of crime, uh, I mean, it's high. Even the high crime profile, look at it from uh, uh, kidnapping, from uh, harm robbery, from banding sleeping. Etc. So we we haven't uh, got total wall in
1: our security system. Mr. Romulohan also lamented that from 1999 till date, the crime rate has increased. Adding that there are no crime laboratories in the country, he suggested that the way out of crime is to create job opportunities.
7: We need to engage our youth, and the another one is that we have to improve our infrastructure, most especially like when there is light, when there are Look at the light. A lot of people, you have and other actually, they become uh, okada the riders. When you improve infrastructure, the crime rate will go down. I'm not sure it will submit totally, but it will go down. That one will reduce the crime rate. And there must be a synergy between the, uh, all, uh, all the law enforcement, between the police, military, and SSS etc. synergy so that they can form a proactive practice.
1: For the flag officer commanding Westall Naval Command, Admiral Daji, the return to democratic rule has imposed more security responsibility on the armed forces of Nigeria with the presence of military troops in 28 states of the Federation. For us
5: in the military and in general, the security landscape, we have seen a trend. In which there is one form of uh, military poison or uh, the other case like of the federation. And I will just sum up by saying that the critical impact of the dynamic of um, democratic role in Nigeria is that it has imposed more security responsibility on the armed forces of Nigeria.
1: There is no doubt that Nigeria has also witnessed communal ethnic crisis and religious violence which poses a major threat to democracy and more needs to be done to protect and preserve basic human rights in parts of the Northeast. Thousands have been killed by either Boko Haram, Header Farmer clashes, Niger Delta militancy, banditry, election violence, armed robbery, and more. Despite the funfair and celebrations witnessed in 1999 and the 21 years of democratic rule, it is still fair to ask, are Nigerians reaping the dividends of democracy security-wise? This report was produced by Ijoma Essek.
0: Newsroom for that report. Now, Lagos, let's talk. That report talked about how insecurity has gotten worse in the last few years. And the question was asked, has security gotten better or worse under democracy? But I want to turn that question on its head. What I want to ask instead is, did getting involved in governance and politics weaken the military? Here's why I'm asking that question. For 28 years, we had military officers getting directly involved in governance. First, from 1966 to 1979 under Ironsi, under Gowan, Motala Muhammad, or Basenjo. Then, the military came back from 1983 to 1999. under Buhari, Babangida, Abacha, Abdulsalam Abubakar, Yeah, Shona Khan um, governed for three months in 1993, but that's minor. So we had the military in power for 28 years. And in those 28 years, according to the experts, military discipline was getting undermined. Because think, um, soldiers were getting promoted, not for performance in the field, but by planning coups. And then when a soldier gets to the top, uh, top of, the, of, the, of the cream from coups, he becomes afraid that his juniors will overthrow him as well. So what does he do? He starts bribing them. He gives them promotions that they don't deserve. He gives them postings that they cannot handle. He turns a blind eye when they use their position to exploit civilians. Why? Because he will do anything to keep them happy so that they don't overthrow him. It happened under Gowon. It happened under Muritala. It happened under Obasanjo. It happened a lot under IBB and Abacha. This Abacha loot that we talk about. Abacha did not loot alone. He didn't loot alone. So now imagine a military which for decades has been influenced by corruption. Do you think such a military will be disciplined enough, trained enough to handle security? Now fast forward to 1999. Democracy returns. The military goes back to the barracks. No more political positions, no more military governors, no more Supreme Military Council, no more contracts. But those officers who have grown up in a corrupt system, who joined the military to chop. Remember we talked about, you know, fraud and, you know, corruption in uh, one of the stories on today's Big Three these people who joined the military to chop are they just going to switch to normal military style normal military life earlier this month a major general was found guilty of embezzlement throughout the insurgency we've seen general after general officer after officer get accused tried and convicted of corruption embezzlement diverting money for arms is that the reason why our military is not properly equipped to fight our enemies so yeah instead of asking whether security is worse under democracy here's what i'm asking you did three decades of military rule make the military too corrupt to secure the country? Feel free to agree or disagree. I don't have a dog in the fight. Did three decades of military rule make the military too corrupt to secure the country? 0700993 993 993 0700 993 993 993. Tweet at us at Nigeria Info FM. Leave us a post on Facebook. Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. You can um, also send us a WhatsApp message. WhatsApp is 080 959 75805. 080 959 75805. That's for WhatsApp. Hello. Thanks for calling. Hello, how are you? What's your name?
4: My name Richard.
0: Richard, did yes. our decades of military rule make the military too corrupt to secure the country?
4: I mean, is the word. Say it again, Peter. I want to get it right.
0: Three decades of military rule. Did, do you think it yes. made the military too corrupt to secure the country?
4: No, it's no. No? That is why. Okay.
0: Yes. All right.
4: You see, he said they for 28 years. 10 months,
0: mm-hmm.
4: or 11 months. Mm-hmm. And civilian for 30 years, 11 months. Mm-hmm. Now, come back to square one. I was born in the 50s.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I saw it through. Mm-hmm. I saw it all.
3: Mm.
4: During the military, the one took over in
3: mm.
4: which I've been and
3: the rest of it.
4: Mm. It was there for only nine years. And even within that nine years, there was civil
3: war.
4: Listen mm. mm-hmm. Then, that nine years, the Qatar Bridge, they renovated it. And it beat Eco Bridge, making two bridges. I mean, IBB came in through eight years, 85 to 93, and it beat Old Milan Bridge. We are here today by the next four months, we shall be celebrating 60 years of independence. 121 years of no interrupted democracy how many bridges have we had it? all the things we are seeing now we got it from the first republic
0: yeah but the things but the things you're talking about are uh, infrastructure we're talking about security yeah,
4: infrastructure leads to corruption leads to insecurity you see why it seems I see Dimitri is corrupt now You said one thing in this your program mm. that when you are doing something as a father mm-hmm. you don't have to say you have to practice just as like you say your mommy put something on the in the couch when mm-hmm. it comes in mm-hmm. it, you are practicing it mm-hmm. Military are not corrupt. Yet it is the 21 years of this democracy that make military to be corrupted. Hmm. Yes. I had yesterday the one major general 100 something 117 million, maybe 400 million. And it was demoted from the major general to the leader and they and suck. We have been hearing billions and billions and billions all the while in these 21 years. How many of them are serving any substantial data or relief the of their... Some are even serving, and they are still collecting their benefits, their so-called pension, after only four years and eight years. And those people who serve that thirty-five years mm-hmm. up to tomorrow, like some of them have not collected cover. So they are the ones who instructed the military to be corrupted. military are seeing them. Are you getting me? Mm-hmm. Are you getting me? Mm-hmm. Doing all those things. They have to copy too. They copy. Military was not like this before. When they say yes, yes is yes. No, it is so. show there was discipline, there was everything. The, the light was stable. The continued increasing tariff, Everything, everything, and the salaries are the same. We did a lot of things. Here we live in that era. You know that all the things come straight. If you want to get scholarship, you get it straight. Not giving it to party members. If you want to get to work, you get it. Not giving it to party members or whatever. Contract, call those people, sweeping on the road. Basically, it it straight to the core. And if you derail it, you face the so-called tribunal or whatever The court martial and you are disciplined immediately. Yeah, a case will be there for 30 years on judge. But if you want to judge a case of you want to become a governor, they will put six months or three months. They will will care. They want to become governor. You see, we have to tell ourselves the bitter truth. All the world we have achieved in this country without corruption, you cannot achieve anything under corruption. We continue like this for 100 years, we shall be the same. We don't tell ourselves the truth. The only 28 yards is what you are standing on. Fort Milan Bridge, you have been building it since 2019. Now, up to tomorrow next. Yes, yes. No, no, no Fort Milan Bridge. One money is in one pocket of somebody that there can be 10 of that bridge. Where are we? we? Goes through every time. You have to use five hours to reach you. Ten hours to reach you. How many hours are you spending? Let me
0: ask let, let me ask you something, right? Under IBB, we had the infamous case of the Gulf War oil windfall. You remember? Yes. Billions of dollars vanished. Yes. Was it civilians who influenced that?
4: Under Shagari, we have everything that he promised the Africa, he promised the US, that, and America, that money is not a problem, but how to spend it. That's under Shagari. It's 1979 to 83.
0: Under, under Abacha, you? under Abacha, yes. We had. Uh, a lot and a lot and a lot of money moved to places that they had no business About being money moved that to. Was
4: brought in under Abasha mm-hmm. And I've been in and been taken. It's only this very last one that they gave them specifically. specific every, every one of them, they small, most of them are worse than Abasha. It's because they are still living. They are still protecting the, the hemisphere. Yeah, but the,
0: b- but, but the point of this conversation, again, back to what you... Because you're making a point for the military isn't corrupt, it's the I'm civilians. I'm not making a point for the,
4: for the, for the, for the welfare of
0: Nigerian citizens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for calling me. Because, I mean, he said that the military is not corrupt, right? So... If we're acknowledging that Abacha and IBB regimes saw corruption, so what are we now saying? If it was civilian rule that made the military corrupt, how about Abacha's loot? Wasn't the Abacha regime a military regime? And it was Gowon, don't forget, who said um, the problem was how to spend money. It wasn't Shagari that said that thing. It was Gawon that said it. 99.3. 99.3. Sorry about that. Hello? 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 Yeah. How are you?
2: Good, good evening. President Sandra.
0: Good evening, Chris. Good to have you uh, on the show.
2: Long time no talk. <laughs> <laughs> well done.
0: Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Hmm.
2: I think for uh, Bacha and IBB regime, they work with the civilians. So those people put them through. I Because see. I could recall during um, late general two days there was a time a major... Just raised Vulture um, uh, above, whether 90,000 or something. The, the major phase the music, 90,000, um, President Sandra, just 90,000. Well,
0: 90,000 at that time was a lot of money.
2: <laughs> I uh, remember, too, during the politicians...
0: My dad uh, politicians, bought a Peugeot, you know, and that Peugeot cost like 400 Naira, I think. So well, 90,000 was a lot of money.
2: Yeah, boss regime. Hmm. I don't think every other one, the politicians, you know, made these guys. To forget about their discipline. You know, like uh, you remember the former uh, Air Force man, uh, Alex Badi. Okay. You hear the billions. Mm-hmm. The man was involved in this uh, corruption.
3: Do you remember?
2: Do, do you remember, Chris? Chris, do you? So re- it politicians. If not for those guys, uh, they don't. When they see these uh, politicians, the type of lifestyle, uh-huh. and they have opportunity to be there, say, come on.
0: Okay, let me l- l- let me it. remind you, Chris, about Muritala coming to confess about what they looted under on. Do you remember that? You say. Do you remember Muritala Muhammad coming to confess about what they looted under Gowan? Do you remember?
2: But he repented within that six months.
0: Was he a military governor? Was he a military uh, a, a ruler or not?
2: No, he repented within that six
0: months before they overthrow. him. No, the conversation, no, uh uh-uh. The question is this. The question I'm asking is very simple. Do you think three decades of military rule made the military too corrupt to secure the country? People like Bade did not happen overnight. There were other people that set a precedence for them to learn. Were those people military rulers or were they democratic rulers?
2: No, no. Like, like for me, mm. this set of people, though, mm. I prefer the Gowans' time and the Diabon's regime. Why? Any other one after Diabon, all these a Bangida, they work hand in hand with all these politicians. That is why those guys give their hand in the jar. If not, they are, they are more disciplined than all these politicians we have. I see. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Chris, for calling me. Let me talk to one more person, 99.3. Hello, ma'am. How are you, sir?
8: I can call you from Attenotter.
0: Good to have you on the show. Go ahead.
8: Um, thank you for picking this call. I just want to make a correction. Okay. Ma'am, do we have anything like a uh, Diaghbon regime? <laughs> was it Agbon, Was he an head of state in this country? No, he wasn't. Kids are listening. We can't change history. It was Buari regime, not Diaghbon regime. Your last scholar made that mistake. And we're still arguing about it in my parlour here now. Well, he kids w- are listening to this program.
0: W- was he was he, uh, he part of Buhari's government Idi or not?
8: Idiagbo regime, as if Idiagbo was the head okay. of that government. <sighs> if they should ask these kids in school, they should name so, the I mean the head of state. Then we won't they say Idiagbo. And to me, this era democracy we are practicing now.
3: Mm-hmm. Ma'am, mm-hmm. just
8: name one project since 1999, honestly, with your church mind, that these people has put in place. All these things they are trying to renovate now. Are things put in place by the military?
0: I can, you, kill, I, can, I, can, I can you and the other callers who have called me so far are missing the point. The point of this conversation is not about projects, it's not about infrastructure, it's about security. Mother, the conversation is security.
8: Lead to the violence we are facing in this country.
0: Tell me how. How do projects Orange lead to violence? In
8: secondary
0: school,
8: hmm. I will go home, I will miss light. There are some evening lessons I watch on TV then, specifically uh, LTV. I watch it, copy my notes, everything. Look at cartoons. But do the kids of nowadays... What has, what
0: ha- what has, what has, that, what has that got to do with whether the military has gotten worse at securing the country because they got involved in politics or not? What has that got to do with that?
8: It has a lot more to do with it. Look at the soldiers in the Visa in in, in, in the, in the, in forest now.
4: Go and test most of them.
8: The generals taking away all this money. You name Badi and all these people, even the one just recently caught Marshall now. You know how many billions of, I mean, billions he it took, he it, it was trying to steal?
4: Poor
0: soldiers' money. Why is he doing it? Did he do, it? Did do you, you, it? Do you it? think he did it because the military got involved in politics?
8: That is why, it, that's what he did. Ah. Time, when, 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 in 1999, when he came into power, he bought the jobs for the military and the service chief. Why did he do it? Did they deserve it? That was the first set of money he wasted during his rule. As a civilian, after 1999. We all know this. And those vehicles were not even bought in this country. They were imported. Our money was given to France then. I live along by that great expressway. I know how they used to drive it in. In short, well, it is well with us in this country.
0: It actually isn't happen? well with us. God will actually not help us. But thank you for calling me, Aking. Hold on. We're expecting guests at uh, 5.45, so I keep getting interrupted in the studio. People are asking me things. I hate when people interrupt my show. I really do.
1: Welcome back to Hard Facts.
0: Uh, sorry about that. So like I was saying, we're expecting MasterCard at uh, 5.45. And so they're trying to set that up and that's why you're getting all those interruptions to the conversation we're having. But here we are, we're back. And we've got a few minutes until 45. So let's talk as quickly as we can. Eh? Now, I, I I played you a special report from our newsroom that talked about, um, uh, about security during democracy. And... The big question from that special report was whether security is worse under uh, under a democracy, right? But I flipped that question around. So instead of asking you that question, what I'm asking is this. Do you think that three decades, 30 years of military rule, made the military too corrupt to secure the country? That's the question I'm asking. Do you think 30 years of military rule made the military too corrupt to secure the country. Because I said when I started the show that for 28 years, we had military officers who were getting directly involved in governance. So between 66 and 79, you had Iran you had Gowon, you had Murit muhammad you had Obasanjo. Then military came back in 1983 to 1999. You had Buhari, you had Babangida, you had Abacha, you had Abdusalam, uh, Abdusalam uh, Abubakar. So you have a military that was in power for 28 years. And you've had experts who have spoken on this subject extensively and they have said that military discipline was being undermined in those 28 years. And I gave you examples. You have soldiers who are being promoted not because of what they did in the field, but because they planned coups and they were successful. And then you have a soldier who gets into power from a coup and he becomes paranoid about juniors overthrowing him in their own coup. And he starts to bribe them. He starts to give them promotions they don't deserve or postings that they are not able to handle. And when they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, when they're exploiting civilians, he's looking the other way. Because he's going to do anything to keep them happy enough that they don't overthrow him. And I gave you examples of how it happened under Gowan, how it happened under Muritala Mohammed and Obasanjo. It happened a lot under IBB. It happened a lot under Abacha. Abacha loot that we talk about all the time, Abacha did not loot alone. So you have a military influenced by decades of corruption. Will that military be disciplined and trained enough to handle security? Do you think that because the military was involved in politics, it has made them too sick too too corrupt to secure the country. 0700 993 993 WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. 75805 nine seven five eight o five. Let me see what um messages we have on WhatsApp. We've got lots of them, as always. Uh, We've got uh, someone who's saying, look at Abraham and Lot's case. Lot had greed, but the fear of God made Abraham still stand by him. We cannot blame any of the leaders. The more we keep blaming, the more problems will continue to deteriorate. I don't think that uh, three decades uh, can blame the military, religious leaders um, indifference as well He's this person says the word of God is still happening that's why John showed us in the revelations that there are some people who will not die until the son of man returns okay <laughs> All right. Olatunde from cotton says that I, re- I really support the first caller. There's corruption under the military regime, but they did some feasible project. But that's the thing. You're missing the point about the conversation. We're not talking about projects. We're not talking about the root causes of violence. We're talking about military's ability to handle insecurity. That's the conversation. That's it. On the issue of insecurity or terrorism, it's a business for individuals or like minds whom the goal is to cause problems in order to make money. We're having a structure that encourages corruption in the system. This is a message from Ibrahim, who is in Abule Ade, in Ibejuleki, local government area. Thank you for sending your message And Robert says that there was nothing good about civilian regime in Nigeria. I really commend the military for building Nigeria, despite the so-called corruption tagged in their names. Civilian regime is worse than the military. Ha. Okay. Another message here where we have. uh... Okay. No, that's not for me. Good evening, Sandra. I think the three years of military rule has made the the military too corrupt to defend the nation. For me, I believe that whether it's the military or the democratic rule, it's still the same Nigerians, the same Nigerians who are in uniform and out of it, the same corrupt Nigerian. There's something wrong about how our first leaders took over from the British because the problem can only be traced to the roots. Corruption and leadership in Nigeria did not start today. Rafael from Ojota says, Hi, Sandra. This is a very important topic. This person goes on to say that this is important because it it is what has kept Nigeria so unsafe right now. Should the military really be involved in politics? No, they should not from what is happening in Nigeria. Actually, if you ask my opinion, ex-retired military persons should not be allowed to take part and hold political offices. Because experience in Nigeria has shown that while an ex-military person takes hold of political posts, they already have strong contacts in the military and they can do and undo the military so they dance to the political holder the military does whatever they are told to do to keep the ex-military political holder uh, in governance the political holder in turn appreciates their allegiance and compensates them handsomely and that's why corruption continues to thrive that person didn't leave their name but thank you for uh, sending your message in another message from Mzo in Surulere says The military regime projected good security and discipline in Lagos in the 90s. And goes on to say there was no space or avenue for thugs, agueros, area boys in Lagos. I will not forget Operation Sweep in Lagos, thanks to Colonel Buba Marwa. All right, thanks for sending your message in. My name is Sol Lope, messaging from my papa. The military are corrupt during the civilian regime than during the military regime. During the military regime, only the president and its crew had the gut to embezzle. The military generals feared nobody during the civilian regime and they sabotage the funds made available to combat the insurgency. So the military is corrupt during military regime and during civilian regime. Okay, let me take a few more thoughts. Um... My take is that the military regime made soldiers to have urge to gather money. Hence, it deteriorated our security capacity. Good evening, Madam Sandra. Of a truth, it wasn't only Abacha that looted during military regime, but security under the military is not as porous and weak as it is under civilian rule. But don't you think that that looting ability, that looting mentality contributed fiercely to what we have today as far as security is concerned. I'll take one call and then we'll switch gears and talk to the master, uh, MasterCard. Hello.
8: Yeah, Sandra. Good Hi. evening. Good evening. I've
0: got two minutes for you.
8: Fantastic. Okay.
5: Uh, my name is Enzo.
0: All right, Enzo. It's not
8: about the military as an institution, but everything is wrong with the Nigerian people. The military sits today, are do not know Nigerians? If we import them from Mars or Jupiter, they are Nigerians. An average Nigerian is notoriously and chronically corrupt. That is the problem. It's not about the ministers and institutions. It's not about the government as an institution. Everything is wrong with the average Nigerian. We need to change our mindset. We worship wealth in this part of the world. And everybody gets in there. looking for opportunity to rip up the system. And people are blaming the system. There's nothing wrong with our system. There's nothing wrong with our ministers and institution. But everything is wrong with an average Nigerian. Built in the military, built in government, built in the Nigerian police force, built in civil service. Everything built in the market. Your mechanic wants to rip you off. Your shoe repairer wants to rip you off. Yeah, Pastor wants to rip. Everybody wants to reap you because we worship God. So, everybody has that back of the mind that government and military you are going to the, into the Nigerian police force to carry arms, to rob people, to extort money from people. The day we start seeing government as a place where people go to serve and not where people go to enrich themselves, they're better for us. But I a Nigerian, forget those who are criticizing corruption, give them the opportunity to occupy this <laughs> They criticize people occupying today. They'll perform worse than those they are criticizing. That is the same. We need mental revolution in this part. If we don't have mental revolution, Nigeria is not going anywhere.
0: Enzo, thanks for calling me and thanks for using your time wisely. Now, we need to also remember that governing isn't the military's primary job, right? Projects are not the military's primary job. The military's primary job is to keep the country safe. And right now, they're not able to do that job. And so the question I'm asking you is if the military's inability to do its primary job is because it got involved in politics and in governance, which should never have been its job to begin with. I'm going to switch gears now and talk to our guests from MasterCard. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. This
7: is a paid
3: announcement. announcement.
0: We've got Chidima Lawanson on the show. She's the Country Head Mastercard Foundation Nigeria. Chirima, thank you for joining me on Hard Facts.
9: I can barely
0: hear you. Hi, Chirima. Hello. Good
9: evening. This is Chidima Lawanson. Thanks
0: for having me. All right. Can you hear me clearly now?
9: Yes, I can hear you
0: clearly now. Thank you. Fantastic. So Malawanson, like I said, is the country head for MasterCard Foundation Nigeria. Um, So something special is happening with uh, MasterCard, yeah? Uh, We hear that you are committing $40 million through your COVID-19 recovery and resilience program. Can you tell me about that? Oh,
9: thank you so much. MasterCard Foundation. Um, it's partnering with the Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, so the Africa CDC. Um, we committed $40 million US dollars, and the partnership with them will enable them to purchase 1 million test kits. Also help with training and deployment of 10,000 community healthcare workers and 80 surveillance rapid responders. And all these will support contact tracing, as we know that's very important um, during this pandemic period. And we it will also go towards assisting the Africa CDC to build up its own internal capacity since they are overseeing a continental response to the pandemic. So Mastercard Foundation is one of the several partners that is involved in
0: this initiative. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, let's talk about the foundation, um, the foundation's uh, COVID-19 Recovery and Resilience Program. Tell me about it.
9: Okay, once the pandemic hit, we also felt that we have to, you know, um, put in our bit in that regard. So the Foundation created what we call our COVID-19 Recovery and Resilience Program. And it was specifically to address the immediate needs as well as the long-term socio-economic effects of the pandemic. Because we felt that, well, we all have to coordinate our efforts as private sector and the public sector, who all work together, we have to fight the pandemic. Mm. And we're trying to re- respond to the pandemic since it's a universal um, priority. Mm. And it's fundamental to ensuring that the, we safeguard the opportunities that exist on the continent. Mm. Typically, we have our normal Young Africa Work Strategy as the foundation, which um, focuses on ensuring that 30 million young Africans between the ages of 15 to 35 get dignifying and fulfilling work um, in seven of the countries where we are operating and we have another project in Canada for the um, indigenous communities in Canada. So, um, thank you so much for that.
0: All right. Let me ask uh, what the foundation hopes to achieve through its um, COVID-19 recovery and resilience program.
9: Um We need to ensure that institutions are assisted and also communities to withstand and respond to the short-term impact of this pandemic because it's with us here. It's like clear and present danger. And apart from the immediate needs, there's also the building up of the resilience of those um, companies, whether they are micro, small or an enterprise Uh, enterprises, all those in the medical sector, in the pharmaceutical sector, those um, in the agri-sector who have been negatively affected by this pandemic. So in the long run, to assist those companies, utilizing our implementing partners to build their resilience. Because when we have that right support, uh, the resilience that has been built would enable those companies and institutions to their economies.
0: We are currently in seven countries in Africa. Thank you. Hmm. In, this, uh, in your commitment to fight COVID-19, is the foundation partnering with only Africa CDC or should we expect more partnerships with other organizations or individual countries or and individual countries? Oh,
9: yes, this is. This relationship and partnership with the Africa CDC is what is happening at an enterprise level. Um, but each of us are in Ghana, in um, Rwanda, we're in Ethiopia, in Uganda, in Senegal, um, in Nigeria and in Kenya. So each of those seven countries, they're focusing on what you know is affecting negatively each country as it were. So in Nigeria also, we are partnering with different implementing partners. Um, those that are in the medical sector, like now, we started a project with young professional organization. They were instrumental in building and isolation and treatment units at landmark in Ejura. So the foundation assisted in ensuring that they get relevant materials, um, PPE respirators, ventilators, as well as training and retraining the doctors who are acting as intensivists in that regard. We're also partnering with women industries. They've long been known to um, process and produce hygiene products, but now they're focusing on providing um, essential sterile masks and other PPEs to the medical sector. And we implemented with them on the project. And also, we're interested a lot in, a, in learning and growth. So we're partnering with Data Sciences and Malaysia as a project to ensure that out-of-school children um, in primary and secondary school are provided with downloadable content free so that they continue their education. And in our financial inclusion footprint, we've already partnered with Sterling Bank to provide affordable loans through the agri-sector and other um, financial institutions, commercial banks are coming up also um, in different stages of approval at present. So it's not just um, Africa CDC, um, we have other projects and upcoming projects
0: mm-hmm. that would
9: fight to this COVID and build resilience and um, enable companies recover.
0: Hmm. Let's talk about the foundation itself, the MasterCard Foundation, its operations, its activities in Nigeria. What is it? What do you do when you're not trying to help Nigeria fight COVID-19?
9: Okay. Thank you so much. Um, Just to state that the foundation was founded by MasterCard, the corporate, in 2006, with headquarters in Canada. And then... um, we now launched the Young Africa Work Strategy, which I said is cut across the seven countries. So each country has its own thematic areas, but uh, the, the underlying structure is assisting in learning growth, financial inclusion. In Nigeria, we're focusing on agriculture. 70% of our focus will be in agriculture, 20% in the creative industry. So when you think of film, art, um, Music, entertainment, the the hospitality sector, and then the digital economy. Ten percent of our focus, and we also have a lens to ensure that wherever we intervene, there will be seventy percent women, because those are vulnerable um, segments. So we we ensure that out of that thirteen million African youth who are to get fulfilling job by twenty thirty, Nigeria has ten million out of that target. That's one tenth. Um, one third of that um, target so we really have a huge target to steal and in that we've already signed up with other existing partners such as the enterprise development center of pan-atlantic university in upskilling msmes we signed with babangona in the agri sector to aggregate small farmers and all those in the agri value chain with land similarly um, to provide um, aggregation services to those in the agri-value chain. We've signed with Nourishing Africa to upskill MSMEs and Kisua to enable those in the fashion industry. So we're doing a lot um, to ensure that in Nigeria we get those 10 million youth between ages of 15 to 35 to get fulfilling and dignifying work. Um, So that's our normal daily work. (laughs) And then the pandemic hit. (laughs) So we're still doing that, Mm but we're adding our activities under the COVID-19 Recovery and Resilience Program to that.
0: Mm. Now, for the benefit of our listeners who don't know, what's the Africa uh, CDC's partnership to accelerate COVID-19 testing? What is that?
9: Okay, um, in that partnership, um, the Africa CDC wishes to... It's anchored on the Joint Continental strategy for COVID-19 and is already endorsed by the Bureau of Heads of State and Government of the African Union and they want to limit the COVID-19 transmission in Africa. So since they have that strength, you know, from a continental level, they, mm. they want to improve the capacity to test, to trace, to treat the COVID-19 cases all along the continent. Mm. So um, they're working with several partners and member states, Nigeria being one of the member states. So mm. like I said, it, they have the strength to pull procurement because individual countries are struggling with getting those test kits. Mm. So the African CDC can pull procurement, storage and distribution of the diagnostics and other medical supplies to enable 10 million individuals get tested and then to ensure that they can deploy one million community workers and community healthcare um, workers across the continent. And then um, additional workers, we also help in contact tracing and deployment of technological platforms, which are really needed for testing um, and what we call epidemiological modeling because it's critical that um, there will be forecasting, you know, to say where will we reach the peak, where will it come down. All those have, need um, digital um, platforms to support this because when you can test your population, then it's easier to reopen and ensure that there is
0: recovery of the economy. Hmm, I see. Now, how many countries in Africa will benefit from this partnership? You know, and, and how can Nigeria... And these um, countries access the support?
9: All those that are members of the African Union. So, like I said, the member states. um, And that goal, because it's on a continental strategy, just to prevent severe illnesses and death from the COVID-19. So, African Union member states, and Nigeria being one of them, so that they could minimize social disruption and all the economic consequences. Mm. So especially it aims to to strengthen the capacity to test for COVID-19 across Africa. And they are emphasizing and focusing on those countries that really have minimal capacities to test. Mm. So those will be the first to be focused on. And like I said, 10 million Africans, that would be great. Who would not have been tested, would not know um, whether they have the an um, virus or not hmm. in the next six
3: months
0: enable them to be tested so they can go back to work easily. I see. All right, uh, we Evie just tuned in by the way. We've got the country head Mastercard Foundation Nigeria here on the show with us. Chidima Lawansen is her name. Chidima, do you have any closing remarks as we wrap up this quick chat? Thank you so much.
9: The fal- Mastercard Foundation's um partnership with Africa CDC is really significant so together We will strengthen the continent's ability to quickly respond effectively to the pandemic, although more needs to be done. That's why the foundation, MasterCard Foundation, is standing strongly with Africa's CDC. And we're calling on other like-minded funders to also support in this regard. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Chilima, for joining us on Hard Facts today. Until the next time, we can talk to you. We hope you have a nice day and you stay safe. Don't get infected. Thank you. All right, all right then, Lagos. We're going to continue our conversation about Nigeria's military nigeria's security situation after I bring you the news at six. Don't forget, there are multiple channels through which you can connect on the show every single day. We've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, and we've got